Pastor, I, I want to thank you for your word for us last Sunday uh, as we got to be together in person at Mission Gathering Church and to open up the scriptures and to see you standing and preaching in real life and moving with a microphone and um, even just the sound of your voice in a room was was healing to me. Um, <laughs> I'll let the commentary continue in the chat. Uh, I will not contribute to that portion of it at this point, but uh, to be together um, and to then be in this book, to go back to the beginning, uh, the rhythm that we've been in so far this year has been a rhythm of being in Jesus uh, in the Gospel of John, and then working our way back now to the beginning in Genesis 1 as we embark on a new beginning. And as the Spirit was hovering, fluttering, the generative power of God was just a spark away. And I think we feel that. I I loved getting to connect with John Chan as he walked into the space thinking he was going to be late to church and then remembering that all of us are on an S time for church. And so uh, 4.07 turned out to not be late. And um, But John's face was filled with light as he walked up to the refreshment table and there was a group gathered there. And he said the electricity of the connective energy of the people in that space, it reminded me of the Holy Spirit generative power of this is what God does when God unites us and creates that hovering, fluttering, kinetic energy kind of power. And, and Pastora, as you were giving that word last Sunday, it was that kind of energy that I was imagining and thinking of God who creates life, bringing life alongside of one another. This morning, we're going to continue in Genesis chapter 1 um, with the word as we continue to see what God has for us in this text. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. In the darkness, he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to all their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. We're going to continue in the scripture, but I want you to hear the poetry of it all. And I want you to hear the God who introduces the very character of the divine. First, through poetry. What does it say about our God when God says, the first thing I want you to know about me 
I'm going to tell it through poem. I'm going to tell it through stanzas. I'm going to tell it through repetition and patterns and movements. I'm going to tell it in such a way that it can get caught in your ears like a lyric that you can't quite get unstuck from your mind. I'm going to tell it in such a way that an oral culture will be able to grab it, hold it, pass it down from generation to generation. This is the rhyme, the rhythm of this creative God, this God who creates and doesn't create in some sort of rote, lifeless kind of way, but creates with beauty, creates with goodness. And it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars, set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the water and the seas. Let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. We follow a God. We love a God who moves in this rhythm of creation, taking shape from the voice of under the watch of God's eyes. Creation takes shape, moved by the authority of God's creative imagination and action. God's creative imagination and action. And it was so touched by the tender blessing of God's loving gaze. Creation takes shape and it was so and it is good over and over and it was so and it is good god's creative power and then god's blessing god creates and it is good this god of infinite expression purposefully confines that creative power within the limits of stanzas and rhythms and repetitions and patterns and goodness. God, who could create out of infinite expression, decides to create canvas, decides to create stanza, and decides to tell the story, to paint the picture in such a way. What is telling and revealing to you about our God that our holy sacred text begins with poetry? What does that tell you about who this God is?
that God could create in any sort of way, and yet chooses to tell the story with a love poem at the very beginning, a love poem of all of the things that God loves, all of the things that God deems as good. Let me tell you all about them, and let me tell you how and where they came from and the order and the beauty. We miss touch with this often because we do not consider ourselves an oral culture in the same capacity. But I would say that this church is filled with storytellers. We're recapturing our roots in that same way. We are telling testimonials in the same way of saying, if you want to shape a people, then you need to hear their stories. And God is saying, that is how I move in the dynamics of people. And one of Pastora Inez's earliest sermons here in this church she said, oh, you want to know about me? You want to know who I am? Well, let me tell you who I am. I am from climbing mango trees in the back patio. I am from hot tropical Nicaraguan sun browning my skin. I am from black beans lazily boiling over a gas stove. I am from Spanish paella with vino Rioja. I'm also from Nicaraguan nacatamales wrapped in plantain leaves around my mestiza soul. I am from in between oceans, in between Spanish flamenco and wooden marimbas. I am from in between Hail Marys and Protestant Coritos. I am from rocking chairs in the arms of my mother singing sweet lullabies. I am from abuelitas raising orphaned grandchildren. I am from sad yellow sunsets in her empty rocking chair no longer singing to my soul. I am birthed from abuelas' prayers and rice recipes. I am cooked from cantos de liberación. I am from the motherland and the conquered land. I have colonizer blood and colonized blood coursing through my veins. I am from Portate Bien, Hazle Caso a Tu Abuelita, Cuida Tu Hermanito Porque Eres La Mayor. I am from courageous love with a Spanish accent and indigenous dirt. That is where I am from. used without Pastor Inez's permission on this Sunday. Um, there are so many ways to tell us where you are from. There are so many ways. We could pull out the family tree and show you the pictures. We could uh, write to you in a scientific way of, here's where I came from, but we choose to tell our story. Pastor Inez, in that moment, considered how she could best introduce herself to this new worshiping community a year ago. And she said, well, you want to know where I'm from? All right, pull up a chair. Come to the Mesa. And, and I hope you're ready to snap your fingers because I've got a poem to tell you about where I'm from. This is the origin story of God's creation. This is not read through an enlightenment lens of reason and hypothesis in data and cold, hard facts. No, God says, I'm a creative source of strength. I'm a creative source of beauty. And yet God is not without order. The good creatives, uh, the ones who create in the, in the beauty and the goodness uh, of creating for not only the sake of themselves, but creating for the sake of others, creating for the sake of bringing world-changing power and transformative power into the imagination, they do so within confines. They do so within order. 
It's not just chaotic. We have this idea of the free spirit creative that is just constantly moving about and is a whirling dervish of ideas and things. But to really bring about the beauty of creativity, all of that infinite expression has to be confined and limited in some capacity. And that's exactly what God does in this story. God says, I actually have to show you the pattern if you want to see the goodness of what I'm creating. And so on day one, God creates day and night, darkness and light. He just creates the space for it. It's the separation. It's the movement. It's the canvas. It's the stretch overarching. Day two, God creates water sky. Again, the the canvas, the separation, the possibility. Day three, God creates land and sea. And so in these first three days, what God has created is space. Our God has made space. And then what does God do on day four? God begins to fill the space. In that space of day and night, God throws stars into the sky, creates this life-giving generative power of sun that'll give light and life to everything for all human history. And then God will create this moon that we will strive to reach. Day two, God created that water in the sky. And then in corresponding rhyme and rhythm, God comes back on day five. You see the parallel, the beauty of this order in action. And yet it's creative and it's beautiful and it's rhythmic. Sea creatures and birds of the sky move into the water in the sky that God had created on day two. God made the space and then God filled the space. Day three, God made the land and the sea. And day six, God comes back and creates the creatures of the land and the humankind. God makes the space and then God fills the space. God makes the space and then God fills the space over and over and over. It begs the question of us, where in our lives is God still doing this? If this is God's creative pattern, God's creative rhythm, then where is our God continuing in this pattern of making a space and then filling it? What does that look like? What does that look like for you? If you were to draw just on a piece of paper boxes and begin to name spaces that God has created in your life and where God has begun to place life within those boxes, what's a story to be told there? And it's important for us to know what is actually in those spaces. What is in those spaces um, is caught in this beautiful scripture right here, all the way back, midway through the chapter. It says, God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed, according to their kinds. Trees bearing fruit with seed in it. I think this is the clearest, uh, most explicit way that God is communicating the life-bearing, the generative power of the Spirit that is within the confines of those spaces that God had created. God made the space, and then what God put in the space is seed-bearing fruit. 
God creates spaces, and then what God fills in those spaces has the power not only of life in that moment, but to continue life, to create life upon life upon life, to create genitive power of life that keeps moving, that keeps growing, that keeps giving and going beyond even our own story. And so as you think about God's creative imagination and spoken word partnered with the spark of the Holy Spirit to give that fruit-bearing seed, that generative power, God's imagination speaks it and creates it in combination with the Spirit that is then moving, hovering over the surface of the deep and sparking that life into action. And then Jesus Jesus shows up as an embodiment of light and life itself, the holy dance of the Trinity creating all of life for all of human history. And we get to enter into that story as sister and brother of Christ Jesus, as an embodiment of light and life itself that has been sparked and moved by the Spirit, created by the imagination and spoken word of our covenant-keeping God. God is still in the business of doing just this, of creating spaces and then filling those spaces with light and life. For us, this did not look like a life-giving space just one year ago. If you had told me prior to September 13th of 2020 that joining a Zoom waiting room would be life-giving in any way, I'd say, you have done lost your mind. <laughs> no way. I'm out. No. I'm already Zoom fatigued. And yet, and yet, what has happened? What has happened? What has God done? God has taken what we look at as just a space. And what did God do? Oh, he just... He created life out of it. He created a beautiful array of life out of our very own group of people. When I look in the gallery mode, when I look on the screen, I see the, the life-giving power that God produced inside what we just saw as a space. It was just a space that God created. And God said, I made the space, and now I'm going to fill it. God said, I made the space. I created that sanctuary, and now I'm going to fill it. And what I'm going to fill it with is going to be seed-bearing fruit. Not just fruit for this one moment, not just fruit for this one Sunday, not just fruit for this one person, but fruit that will be generative in power fruit that will follow in the footsteps of Christ Jesus. This Jesus who says, even I, I am the most life-giving fruit in and of itself that could possibly exist in the world. And it's not enough for me to exist as this one fruit that came from this tree for all of humankind. Even Jesus is multiplying the movement of that seed-bearing fruit that the God who sent him into this earth, the spirit who breathed life into him, into the womb of Mary, the spirit who called him out and created miracle and beauty and good and justice and power out of Jesus said, and you, church, will do greater things than I. Even Jesus, 
knew the seed needed to be multiplied beyond. And so we may see space, but may we see the life that brims within that space. I see a blank canvas on the screen. What does that box represent for you in your life right now? Years ago, on a whim, my wife and I were in New York City without our kids for the first time, and I don't know when, and we were grabbing like the world's best bagel with one of my buddies who lived in New York and told us the right place to go, and he had to go do some work. Uh, he's a creative and works in the industry at that time, and he said, you know what? While I'm gone, y'all should go get tattoos. I was like, well, what would we get a tattoo of? He's like, I don't know. I've always had an idea of like the framework of a house, and Amy and I looked at each other. We're like, well, we have always kind of liked that idea of home. And um, like, that's a good idea. Sure enough, when we pick him up from his work three hours later, we had wrist tattoos of home right there on us. And he was like, y'all are crazy. You did it. Like you actually went and got tattoos. I was like, yeah, they were overpriced. And who knew that was so painful? Uh, but we did the thing. And in this tattoo has gained so much more meaning and symbolism over the years of the space that God creates. But then what do we fill within that space? You may see a house, but I see a home. The house creates the space for the home. Within your body, you may see flesh and bones, but God sees a living temple where the presence of God is housed. In your heart, you may see an organ with the pumping of blood, giving life through veins, but God sees where God dwells. God sees where God gives. In Kansas City, we may see a hospital room, but I see the presence of the living God in that space alongside my sister and my brother and a mother I don't even know. And yet I care for deeply. Only the God of the universe could do that. Only the God who creates spaces and then fills those spaces with light and life could do that. Church, where is there a space that God has created that it would be good work for you today to sit with and to name the space and then God's invitation of what God is doing and the creative power that can only come from God? What is the invitation that God is saying, yes, I'm making a space. Now with that, See what I'm doing? See the, and it was so? And may you also hear the, and it was good. Our God who creates in such a way that the world sees a cross, a space for a body that has been shamed, lynched, murdered, 
oppressed and taken. And God says, but on that space, I'm going to create power that defeats death and that brings light and life to all humankind. And so church, as we come to the communion table this morning, as we come to the cup, as we come to the bread, once again, we come to spaces, an empty plate and an empty cup. But as God fills them up and invites us to take and drink, take and eat, we take in the blood of Jesus that courses through our veins, that gives light and life. We eat of the bread, the bread of life, the bread of life that we will never hunger from again. And so Christ Jesus, as we drink and as we eat, we do so in remembrance of you. The one who in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And as this God showed up into the space of creation, God did so to give light and life to all humankind. God, we love you and we thank you as we prepare our hearts for this table. We do so in remembrance of you. The one who came into the space that you created. The one who walked in a movement of following the Spirit's lead and lived in such a way that was filled with so much life and was filled with so much love and was the embodiment of justice. And now we, all these years later, walk as the beloved community to follow in your footsteps and to live the life that you have invited us into. God, you see a space that you've created. May we, as the generative power of seed-bearing fruit, continue to live out the work that you have invited us into. The work that is good. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.